Hey, I'd buy that for a dollar listener. This is co-host Peter Cook, dropping you a quick reminder that you have until February 28th, 2022 to sign up for our Patreon and receive limited edition I'd Buy That swag designed by artist Ellen Vandermeide. To give you a taste of what you'll be privy to by signing up, we've unlocked one of our Patreon-exclusive episodes. We call them Premium Content, and this one is about as premium as it gets. Nearly the length of a full episode, we depart from our normal format of discussing 7-inch records and bust out a 10-inch Rosicrucian release by Dr. Harvey Spencer Lewis. What does all that mean? Listen further to find out. And if you like what you hear, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast and sign up today. Well, you cause a crazy thunderstorm to start. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to I'd Buy That for a Dollar, a podcast about inexpensive, common, and underappreciated records that are waiting to be rediscovered. I'm your host, Sean Hartman, Grand Imperator of the Hermetic Order of Tony Orlando and Dawn. (laughs) And as we say, tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree, knock three times, and all will be revealed. (laughs) Oh, I'm co-host... Jeremy Ruggles, professional Omer in the Ruggles Crucian Third Order. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I am Peter Cook, like a Rosicrucian cowboy. <laughs> Is that a genuine uh, Peter pulling his title right off the dome right there? Or did you write that one in advance? Well, Somewhere in between, I, I, think, <laughs> I, d- I did think of it a few minutes ago. And di- so it's still fresh. It, yeah, it's a, it's a fresh one. It, it wasn't like an all-nighter. Fresh premium content. Mm-hmm, yeah. Wait, do you stay up all night writing your titles, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah, now all- I really feel like I phone it in. <laughs> he does all of his research and all of his notes two weeks in advance and then the night before he just stays up all night doing psychedelics and trying to figure out his title yeah it's tough but it, it pays off most of the time yep it's honest work that's a real peek behind the curtain for you patreon subscribers yeah getting the real dirt <laughs> the real dirt so you guys want to talk about this weird record that yeah, I got this this month speaking of real things this is a real weird record yeah you didn't even pick the uh, right size fool i know this is our first ever 10 inch on any episode we've we've never even spoke of the existence of 10 inches before this that's true it's not even the right rpms either that's right i'm breaking all the rules it's also like not necessarily even a cheap or easy to find record yeah yeah this i mean we're deviating but if we're gonna do it this is the right direction to go well, because, thank you for your blessing, Peter. Yes. I don't even care if I've got Jeremy's blessing. I'm still going to talk about this record. You, uh, let's see. You're, 
You're riding a fine line here, bud. Okay. Well, should we listen to a track first and then see how we feel about it? Convince me. Okay. I'm going to give you guys the option. Do you want to hear Sanctum Invocations or Cathedral Contacts? Sanctum Invocations. Cathedral Contacts. Oh, making me be the tiebreaker. Okay. I waited until Peter started to say one, and then I was going to say the opposite no matter what. I see what you did there. Well. Just do his. Yeah, I'm going to do Peter's. All right. (laughs) Side A, track one. Sanctum Invocations. This is recorded by a one Harvey Spencer Lewis on Rosicrucian record number seven. Beloved member, let us unite in the true method of spiritual preparation for cosmic attunement during this period of work and worship here in your holy sanctum. This is your holy of holies, And here is where the consciousness of God and the great masters dwell with you when you petition for such divine blessings. Now that you are about to begin a sacred period of study and unfoldment, let us invoke the presence of God and the heavenly hosts. God of our hearts, creator of all living beings everywhere, and father of all humankind, We beseech thy presence here and now. Fill our beings with thy divine effulgence and charge this sanctum with vibrations of thy cosmic power so that we may sense and comprehend the greatness of thy wisdom and have manifestations of thy laws for the greater glory of thy kingdom and the unfoldment of man's immortal consciousness. So mote it be. Now, beloved, sit in relaxation while the vowel sounds are given again that will create the harmonious vibrations in your sanctum, precisely like those I create in my own sanctum. Sit comfortably and relax. Breathe normally. Then close your eyes and visualize me standing in the shadows of this room. Now take a deep breath and hold it while the vowel sounds are given. Take your breath, hold it, Exhale slowly. Now I make the sign of the cross and give you this benediction. May peace and power, health and happiness be with you. You are at peace with the world. God bless you and strengthen your mind and body. So mote it be. So mote it be. What in the Sam Deuce and fuck was that, Sean? (laughs) 
So that is a genuine occult recording from the Rosicrucian Order. Do you guys know anything about this uh, this goofy group of folks? I I tried to watch a video about it and found it really confusing and hard to follow and uh, kind of bad shit, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I think those impressions could be said for many different secret societies and ancient orders of esotericism and all that kind of stuff. It's It's a convoluted, complicated history that's sometimes interesting and sometimes just like shockingly boring. And oftentimes, once you do any digging, you find that pretty much most people involved are just like really good salespeople and con artists. Yeah, I, I'll shout out the Secret History of Western Esotericism podcast because they're independent and that's cool. But I tried to listen to it to learn about esotericism. Did I say that? I said it wrong. Anyways, no, that sounds right to me. <laughs> close enough. Close enough. And it's just shockingly boring for something you feel like should be super interesting. Like, who's actually controlling the world and metaphysical stuff. And But it's just actually pretty boring. Yeah. Well, the thing I've found is, like, it's interesting if you only want to find out about the legends and stories. But if you want to actually like figure out what the real history is and try and separate fact from fiction, then it just quickly becomes deeply boring and very confusing. Yet the people involved, I'm sure are very protective of it. Oh, absolutely. Peter, I believe you have stated before recording that, you know, little to nothing about Rosicrucianism. I only know the part where I'm a cowboy. <laughs> and I and now that I think about it, I think it was rhinestone cowboy that I am not Rosicrucian. <laughs> People get those two words mixed up all the time. I know Glenn Campbell accidentally said Rosicrucian like half the time he performed rhinestone cowboy. So yeah, they had to do like a hundred takes because he just couldn't get it right. He kept fucking it up. It's not just me. It's all yeah. I have a really strange suit in my closet because of that. <laughs> yeah so i know i really know i i don't think i had heard of this until you uh proposed this as your your pick yeah and the idea of like the history of western esotericism is something that i find really interesting and i i've like jeremy tried to listen to some of the episodes of the secret history of western esotericism podcast and i'm still interested but man, there's a lot to learn and it gets confusing. So I'll try and make it simple and, and interesting. Rosicrucianism, from what I understand, is less about a specific type of thought or rules or anything as it is more of like a general label that a lot of different groups have used. And like many other secret societies, it kind of borrows a lot from different areas. For one thing, Almost every prominent member of Rosicrucian societies was also a member of Freemasons. Yeah. So they are they are deeply linked. And in a lot of ways, it's a similar thing where it was probably primarily a, a social thing and a networking opportunity than it was any kind of real mysticism for a lot of people. 
And for the gentleman whose voice we just heard, it was mostly a money-making scheme. But the idea of Rosicrucianism, according to them, is that it is an ancient order protecting and sharing secret magical knowledge throughout the generations. And the modern Rosicrucians, or at least some of them, also claim that this knowledge comes directly from the lost city of Atlantis. <laughs> Duh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, they just, they figured out all of the world's secrets, they figured out all of the the secret recipes of alchemy, and then some of that knowledge was passed down to various Greek and Egyptian people who preserved it, and then the Rosicrucian order supposedly really took off in the late 1500s. And all of the modern groups will claim that they can trace their history all the way back to ancient times. But it kind of started in Europe in the late 1500s, came and went at different points, and then started getting bigger in the late 1800s, which is where our boy Harvey Spencer Lewis comes into play. He was born November 25th, 1883, and lived until August 2nd, 1939. He is the first imperator of the ancient and mystical order of the Rosé Crucis, which was basically the first American chapter of Rosicrucianism. So the idea is that they are taking principles mostly based on what they're calling alchemy. But instead of focusing on turning different substances into gold, they're more concerned with elevating the human body to its perfect form and doing that through all kinds of magical chants and different rituals that supposedly will bring you health and power. Was that what that... Or at least in the American variation of it. Is that what that chant was that we heard on that side we just listened to? Yeah. My impression is that a lot of the American variations of Rosicrucianism that we're hearing here are a little bit tweaked for the kind of American dream, the individualistic self-actualization kind of model. It seemed to be what they were selling was less of, uh, you know, we're going to make the world a better place and discover all these secrets. It was like, if you know the right words and the right chance, then you'll be healthy and wealthy and super powerful. All right, let, let me American wants. Let me try it real quick. <laughs> How do you feel? Peter, <laughs> you are looking good over there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm recording outside your window. <laughs> yeah. I thought I saw some movement out there. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I will say, uh, I feel like uh, is it, his name's Harvey. This this guy Har- Harvey Spencer. I I feel like I think Jeremy and I both experienced that like a wicked thunderstorm started happening right when he started chanting on that recording, and uh, I don't know. I feel the power. <laughs> My favorite part of that is when he's like, "Close your eyes now. Imagine me standing in the shadows of the room with you." It's like, <laughs> wait, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like Jeremy standing right outside my window. Yep. (laughs) Watching you attain new heights of power and health. You don't have to imagine me, though. You just have to peek outside. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about Harvey Spencer Lewis. 
so he's remembered best as you know the the head honcho of the new American Rosicrucianism. But before he got into that, he had a little bit of notoriety in New York, helping found and lead the New York Institute for Psychical Research, which was basically just amateur paranormal investigators. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Yeah, basically he went from being a Ghostbuster to uh, being a some sort of wizard type figure. So much so that he was actually a... Uh, minor rival of one Aleister Crowley. Oh, wow. Oh, far out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they both belonged to a uh, European secret society called Ordo Templi Orientis. Mm -hmm. And at one point, Aleister Crowley was named the leader of the European or possibly just the UK chapter of it. And when he did that, Harvey Spencer Lewis made a point of refusing to acknowledge Aleister Crowley's leadership. <laughs> Yeah, see, I, I had to wonder. <laughs> I I had to wonder if uh, I'm guessing Kenneth Anger, the filmmaker, was aware of this stuff because he was, you know, obviously a into like Aleister Crowley and, and whatnot. So he may, maybe Kenneth Anger has some some of these records. <laughs> it's it's entirely possible. So especially because a lot of the advertising that Harvey did was in like cheap pulp magazines. You'd be reading these cheap magazines with their goofy stories in it and stuff. And then all of a sudden there'd be an ad for teaching you secret ancient knowledge to improve your life and your health. And it worked. People started throwing money at this guy to get let in on the, the secret knowledge. And, you know, this was also a time when private clubs and secret societies like Freemasons and Elks Lodges and things like that were much more popular than they are in our current day. Yeah, I, as a historian, I come across a lot of that stuff going through old obituaries of people from, you know, 50 to 75 years ago. They were often members of like the Order of the Eastern Star mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And they still, you know, those orders in one way or another, still exist. I'm sure they're dwindling. Right, right. Which, you know, in doing my research of this stuff, I came to the conclusion that there's a, there's a real golden opportunity out there right now for someone to start a PR firm that specializes in reinventing the image of ancient secret societies. Because it's like no one from the younger generations wants to, like, join the Freemasons, but if someone started making some cool videos about how... Uh, you know, all their, their weird myths and the occult side of it. People would eat that shit up right now. Oh, yeah. Just get them on TikTok. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all those videos are already out there. It's just nobody wants to, like, be a part of it. <laughs> I know, but they need to sell it. There needs to be, like, the new face of, of secret societies. True. Yeah. It's up to someone, maybe someone in our Patreon base to do this. <laughs> yeah. We're sharing this secret knowledge with you first. Yeah. <laughs> All it takes is a minimum of $5 a month to our Patreon. <laughs> you get these, yeah, oh, these no. hot tips for self-actualization. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what are we doing here? <laughs> it was us all along. <laughs> So Harvey Spencer Lewis, after starting his Rosicrucian Society, claims that in the early 1900s, he got a calling from a genuine spirit guide 
that told him he needed to travel east and find these mystical Rosicrucians, and that the next year he then traveled to France and found a, a count who initiated him and shared all of their secret knowledge and ancient libraries of secret wisdom and tasked him with spreading true Rosicrucianism to America. But they also told him that he could not start his work until 1915, which seems odd. And he like played this off as like, it's all part of this divine plan. But what I found is that one, there are no records of him leaving the country or re-entering the country during the time frame when he claimed that he had his uh, spirit quest to France. However, Harvey Spencer's father did travel to France in late 1914, and his father was someone who specialized in finding and preserving ancient texts. So most likely his dad went to France, found some cool ancient books about Rosicrucianism, and then his son took those and adapted it for selling to an American audience in early 1915. Yeah. Also, I must note that at some point around here, he was briefly jailed for trying to sell fake bonds. <laughs> oh, that's kind of damning. I was going to say, you know, if he's doing all this secret knowledge stuff, he can't let there be travel records. He's got to hide those. Yeah. Well, he claimed to have the ability to levitate, so he probably just fucking levitated his way out there. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. Uh, one of my favorite stories, though, about Harvey is that in 1916, he performed a public alchemical demonstration where, supposedly, in front of people, he changed zinc into gold. However, he only allowed one reporter and one scientist, aside from the members of his Rosicrucian order, to witness it. And the scientist, who I'm assuming was probably on their payroll, said that the element that they created was gold-like or close enough to it <laughs> it was basically like, yep they did it they made gold and then afterwards harvey said that i can make gold out of things but it's not cost effective so there's no need to do it but i just want everybody to know that i can do it <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean if he could just do it then that would totally devalue gold right he didn't want to <laughs> well he was just saying like the amount of elements that you need and, you know, the ingredients, the cost of all the ingredients is actually more than the gold that is produced from it, supposedly. So, therefore, it's more important to alchemically change your body into its more pure form, which is what he was all about. I don't know how this guy kept anyone's attention long enough to, for them to buy into it. I'm just confused by him. <laughs> Well, there's two ways he did this. One is he was a early pioneer of talk radio. The recording we heard is most likely most likely from a wax cylinder because like I said he died in 1939, but he had a very good talking voice for the time period, you know, when people didn't even really know what talk radio was or what that skill set might be. He was someone that latched onto it really early on and had these like spiritual radio shows for the whole family that he was broadcasting out of his home base in San Jose, California. And it was really popular because of that. And he was selling it as this sort of like Christian mysticism, even though he had, has stated that his Rosicrucian order has actually nothing to do with Christianity, but 
if at the surface level everyone thinks that it's some sort of Christian organization, then it doesn't really get as much flack from people. And you start getting more people who are like, oh, they talk about God and stuff. And so I can still like, you know, be a, a regular suburban Christian in America and be part of the Rosicrucian order. <laughs> Next thing he's selling you uh, survival meals and trying to get you to buy gold. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this kind of energy has not gone anywhere. Jeremy, were you at all aware of the, the Rosicrucian Park in San Jose, California, while you were out in that state? No. I stumbled on... I accidentally lived near the Mormon church there. You accidentally this... lived near there? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I went on a walk from the place I was living, and like two blocks away, I came upon this like giant Mario looking castle that was all white. And I was just stunned. And there were like guys in suits just like walking around near the edges, like making sure you don't come near it. Yeah, Koopa Troopas. <laughs> yeah. So I've seen that, but that's not quite the same. Yeah, apparently Rosicrucian Park is kind of a, a sizable tourist attraction in San Jose. Wait, San Jose or San Diego? San Jose. Oh, I've never been to San Jose. Okay. He lived in San Diego. I mean, it's all California. <laughs> Theoretically could have driven to a different part of the state. What is it, the biggest state in the country? Uh, oh my gosh. I don't know what you got up to over there. <laughs> Just asking questions. All right. What is it, though? What is anyway, it? Anyway, Rosicrucian Park was his uh, headquarters. They have like a museum of Egyptian artifacts and uh, all kinds of different esoteric symbols and things like that. And there's a bunch of weird pyramids and stuff. And then it also houses the Rosicrucian headquarters that you're not able to actually get into unless you join the order. But you can find a bunch of cool pictures of the place online, and you can still visit at least parts of it. Harvey was also a bit of an inventor. Uh, his two primary inventions are the Luxatone color organ, which was an organ that was affixed with a triangular light on it, and the different keys on the organ pertain to different colors. So it would give you a light show while he's playing the organ. And on parts of this record, he talks about how sound is linked to color, which is linked to like stuff in outer space as well as, you know, vibrations in the body and all kinds of like mystical this, dumb stuff. This it's is, all connected, which is why these special chants that you can learn on this record will change your life. This is the guy that you would get like cornered by at a party and it would either be like the worst or best conversation you've ever had <laughs> depending exactly. on your drug cocktail mixture yep <laughs> harvey also invented what was actually a prototype of a geiger counter except he called it his cosmic ray coincidence counter his what like a functional thing yeah it used apparently the same basic principles of a geiger counter he just like claimed that it was part of his mystical religion wait did he come up with it first or he found a geiger counter no he just used the technology and okay made something that was similar to prototypes of the geiger counter and then gave it a new name 
Gotcha. He also published a handful of books. One of the famous ones was his 1929 book called The Mystical Life of Jesus, which was a book that basically promoted what is known as the swoon theory, which is that Jesus just fainted on the cross. He didn't actually die, so he wasn't actually resurrected. He just like came back and then traveled through India and started a handful of other religions, too. The book, although it was popular, it was actually heavily plagiarized. There was entire chapters that he had stolen from other like pseudo-esoteric books <laughs> over the last couple decades. Like the Bible! Even though he claimed that the whole book was derived from secret Rosicrucian documents that only he had access to. Man, this guy's a fraud! I knew it! Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> but it's great. It's fun. Anyway, so... I knew a little bit about Rosicrucianism, and I was out uh, record digging in New Jersey a couple weeks ago. Shout out to Inner Groove Records in Collingswood, New Jersey. And I found a Rosicrucian meditation LP, and when I went to buy it, the guy at the counter just gave me this 10-inch that we're playing right here for free. Oh, this so I don't is... have the... I don't have the jacket. It was just like the the loose record. This is but... like this is the the bonus disc that you get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is like this is the weird stuff underneath the record bins that's almost trash. And then you look at it and you're like, oh shit, this is some like really goofy, interesting stuff. See, he he recognized a fellow brosecrucian. <laughs> yeah, we're just a record collector that likes buying oddities. Yeah. Well, that's that's all of my jumbled up confusing knowledge about this confusing scam artist and pseudo ancient society. Maybe he could levitate though. Maybe it's all true, who knows. Who are we to judge? Who are we to judge? I'm going to continue to believe he invented the Geiger counter. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to just pretend you didn't clarify that. <laughs> and go with what feels right in my gut, you know? Okay. I mean, you know, your gut doesn't lie. Just go with that. Well, I'm ready. I, I, you know, I feel like I could be more convinced, and I want to hear more of Harvey. All right. Do we have that other side? We got side two. I'm going to give you guys the choice again. There's three tracks. There's exercises in vowel sounds or breathing with vowel sounds or if you want to go something different and just hear him playing some organ we could hear the closing track secreto eterno i kind of want to hear that organ agreed secreto eterno okay it's not as cool as it sounds it's just organ music but it's still a little bit funny all right here we go it's holy yeah it's holy it's gonna change your life just close your eyes imagine Harvey Spencer Lewis standing in the shadows. Imagine Jeremy Ruggles just outside your window. <laughs> I don't need to imagine. <laughs> yeah. Or just lift up your blinds and Jeremy's probably there anyways in the flesh. <laughs> Here's some organ music.
that for me, you know, all joking aside, uh, that's a that's a deep, cool cut right there. Yeah, I'm glad I undersold it for everybody so that it actually seems a little cooler. <laughs> yeah. There's two organ tracks on here that it closes out side one and side two. And I will say that the, the side two organ cut that we just heard is a little better than the first one. It's got some kind of creepy vibes to it. Definitely some creepy, mystical, mm, esoteric vibes there. I think you yeah. captured a thing. About as mystical as you can get on a 1930s organ. Yeah, and my hair actually changed color during that. Yeah. The... Whoa, what color is it now? It's like a, a red apple. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats then. Yeah, but like one of those apples, like that color of red. Dang. Sounds like uh, you might have to start your own branch of Rosicrucianism then, if you've had that kind of a, a spiritual enlightenment moment. I'm the chosen one. Congrats, my dude. <laughs> Which one of us would be uh, the most likely to fall into one of these? I'm sure we want to debate that. To fall into one? Um, probably me. To start one, Jeremy. True. <laughs> yeah. And Peter yeah. would just document all of the goings on and write yeah, a book he would about write it. The, the book on the history of it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe get too dangerously close to it myself and then have to like totally <laughs> <Right>. back out. <laughs> this has been an educational experience, Sean. Has it though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Sort of. I mean, I know nothing more. I, I understand zero more about these secret societies than I ever did. But I, that's kind of exactly how I felt after like hours of reading and watching videos. Like, do I know more about this or do I somehow know less than when I started? And how do I even talk about this? But uh, it's fun. It's fun, goofy stuff, especially because it's basically all just con artists pretending to be mystical. And that will never not be hilarious and fascinating to me. Yeah. And I guess if we were going to have any kind of. Uh, disclaimer for our Rosicrucian Patreon followers, we probably should have done that at the top but uh I apologize. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> too late i apologize on behalf of the podcast if anyone is a rosicrucian <laughs> yeah for any of our thin-skinned rosicrucian initiates out there please keep giving us your money on a monthly basis for patreon <laughs> the emails for the lawsuits are already starting to come in boys oh shit it looks like they use the same lawyers as the Scientology people. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. This stuff weirds me out. <laughs> yeah, right. it's enough time. Well, there's all kinds of uh, hooded figures in the shadows of our houses now after that, so gotta go deal with all that. Oh, God, I'm gonna have some, like, Ari Aster nightmares tonight now. <laughs> uh, I gotta go buy some sage now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's wrap this one up. Thank you for your support, Patreon followers. We love you. This has been I'd Buy That for a Dollar. A very special episode, a very special installment. My name is Peter Cook. I'm Sean Hartman. And I'm Jeremy Ruggles. Good night or good morning. Well, we're going to bonus third track for this episode. Uh, side A, Band 3, Ah, Sweet Mystery of Life.